your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Oh, Canada. It is EJ Stewart. It is Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast odyssey. WFAN original. We got a big show for you guys today. We're updating you guys on all the FIBA action happening at the World Cup. We had Team Canada advancing to the semifinals after beating Slovenia a Wednesday morning. Over there, I guess it would be uh, the Wednesday night, but here, Wednesday morning, early game here. Uh, RJ Barrett leading Team Canada to a victory alongside uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who also had a big game. RJ had a big second half, so we'll talk about. Uh, how he played in this game and whether Nick fans should be encouraged by what they've seen from Barrett in this tournament. We'll also be talking about Team USA, who had a tough loss over the weekend. They lost in a second-round match with Lithuania. And, of course, they're led by uh, Nick's drafty, Rokas Jakobitis, but then they bounced back and uh, beat Italy to advance to the semifinals as well. So we'll talk about uh, the latest on Team USA and what to expect from their uh, semifinal matchup and a potential collision course we may be seeing with the U.S., and Canada, two of the most star power teams in this tournament, look like they could be uh, setting up, setting themselves up for a finals matchup. So we'll break all that down. And we're approaching a very special milestone here on Orange and Blue Bloods. Uh, this episode we're recording is the 99th episode, which means the next episode will be the 100th episode of Orange and Blue Bloods, which is really exciting. And we have something really exciting to do for the 100th episode. We're going to do a Knicks all-time fantasy draft with myself and tommy beer so we'll get you more details on that we'll be talking about the fever world cup and a lot more right after this you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So as I said, my host, my co-host Tommy Beer joins me as always. Tommy, we are approaching 100 episodes of this podcast. Can you believe it? Crazy, 
crazy. Uh, 100 episodes. It's 100 degrees outside. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, yes, yes, but uh, approaching a milestone, and uh, as always, some something to talk about. We got a little FIBA action we can dig into. EJ, um, let's discuss, shall we? Let's get it. So again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFN original. It's a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto download feature on your streaming service. Get these episodes every time you drop. Make sure you rate and review as well. Plus, you can watch episodes of this podcast, just not only the full episode, but also short from the episode on the WFAN channel. So find us there. So it was the RJ and Shea show in the Philippines as Team Canada advances to the FIBA semifinals. The Canadians defeated Slovenia 189 in the World Cup quarterfinals. RJ Barrett finished with 24 points on 9 for 22 shooting. OKC guard Shea Gildas Alexander led all scorers with 31 points. He also led all players with 10 rebounds in this win. Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic playing for Slovenia was spectacular at times. He finished with 26 points. He was ejected in this game, so he did not finish the fourth quarter. Slovenia, ironically, actually kind of made a little run once he got ejected and kind of made it interesting, but uh, it was not enough, of course, for uh, Slovenia to overcome the ejection and the deficit that they had suffered in the fourth quarter. Dylan Brooks of the Rockets also ejected in this game. He was playing for Team Canada. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Dylan Brooks getting ejected in a big game. But uh, you had a, a really a second half explosion from R.J. Barrett that helped turn the tide for the Canadians. This was a tied game at the half, and R.J. really kind of made his presence felt in that third quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and him along with Nikhil Alexander-Walker really helped the Canadians kind of pull away from Slovenia. So now they take on Serbia in the semifinals on Friday. So I'll ask you, Tommy, how was R.J. able to take over in the second half of this ball game? Yeah, in short. Uh, the, the answer is uh, pressure and aggression. Um, got to the got got down, played downhill when he when he tends to be at his best, especially against teams that on the scouting report can get to his left hand, um, and he's doing a much better job of finishing around the rim. Um, nine feet, nine made field goals uh, in, in their win, uh, um, and the uh, and uh, eight of those field goals were within five feet of the hoop. You know, so that just mm-hmm. kind of gives you an indication. Eight of the nine field goals inside the paint. Um, you know, right around that that dotted area, dunks and layups and then short yeah. floaters and runners. Um, and that's, you know, that's the RJ that a lot of Nick fans have wanted to see, um, you know, that he sometimes is a little bit too reliant on what can be um, an untrustworthy jumper. Um, we've seen him be a little more consistent. Um, the other thing I want to give RJ credit for is making his free throws. Um, that was yes. a that was a talking point in the first few games with good reason. It was three of ten through the kind of this first three games. Um, was five of five from the stripe today. Uh, we're recording on on Wednesday, a uh, Tuesday rather, um, and uh, Wednesday rather. And yeah, yes, uh, yes, and and he was two of two in his previous game. So he's made seven in a row. Again, not a major thing, but kind of did have some trouble knocking free throws, which made the game a little bit close there. Um, uh, in the second half, when Slovenia made a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter after Luka Doncic got kicked out for constantly complaining. Listen, there were some folks on Twitter saying the refs, you know, did a bad job and the, and there were ticky tack mm-hmm. fouls. I, I, the NBA needs to be stricter and more, uh, you know, they, they, you can't, Luca's one of the faces of the NBA and his face, every time he gets fouled is a, is disbelief and, you know, shaking his head and been pointing fingers. And so as an aside, um, I was happy to see Luca get tossed. Um, because, <laughs> you know, it, it's something that the NBA needs to do a better job of. Uh, I know yeah. it annoys fans, 
Um, and Luca, to his credit, said, you know, I need to do you know, the refs did a bad job, but I need to do a better job controlling my emotions, et cetera. Um, we'll see if that uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yes, so so for RJ, um, uh, more to our point um, and, and pertinent to our podcast, um, we've seen him go up and down. We've seen him at great halves, followed by poor halves. Um, this was the arguably most important game in Canada basketball history. It's the first time they've been to the semifinals of FIBA. Um, and RJ was a big part of that. Shea Gilge Alexander, the main reason why, who's, yeah. you know, as we talked about, one of quickly, quickly becoming one of the best players um, in the sport on the planet. You know, there's been a lot of talk about breakout players. Ant Edwards and Austin Reeves is, you know, getting a little bit more shine. And obviously, Luca, we know what he can do. He's putting up great numbers. Um, but you can make an argument that Luca. Um, Sorry, that Shea Gilders Alexander, especially considering Team Canada's success and the integral role that he's played with it. Um, when they need a basket, they clear out, go one, you know, one up, four down. Um, and he gets a defender on his hip and draws a foul and makes the shot and makes his free throws. Um, just a devastating player. But um, yeah, good news for RJ. And again, all these games, these important games, we saw him play well in the playoffs. Um, you know, one of his the best games in his career. Uh, Team Canada career in one of their most important games. Um, tip of the cat to Mr. Barrett. And that has been the RJ Barrett story for a lot of his career. That he does come up big in these big games and these big moments. He's a guy that's not afraid of the spotlight. A guy that's not afraid of, of taking big shots, of making big shots. And for all the criticism he gets, um, I find it unsurprising that RJ Barrett in a game where Canada you know, has a chance to make history first time in the FIBA World Cup semifinals. We saw the previous game. They had a chance to make it to the quarterfinals and, of course, qualify for the Olympics, which is, you know, the most important thing for Canada. And they were able to do that. And we saw how excited Azure was after the game that they were going to the Olympics and how important that is to the country. So RJ coming in and, and, and dominating the way he did in the second half, especially in a game that was tight, that's what we've seen from him, a guy who can uh, kind of look like he's kind of floating out there and then, uh, one second later, he's on a you know his own eight-zero run or nine-zero run, and you saw that a little bit from Barrett. As you mentioned, it was his ability to get downhill and, and really get to the rim. Um, Slovenia was unable to stay in front of him. They also didn't have any rim protectors. RJ, you know, realizing that, got aggressive, and I think it was really important because I felt like watching that game, Canada was teetering because it was basically Shea Gilgis Alexander or bust uh, for the first half. And it was really a, a Shea Gilgis versus Luca, you know, yep. shoot off, which. Maybe they would have won, but, like, who knows how that goes. You know, they're both great players, obviously. RJ kind of becoming the second fiddle in the Canadian attack really kind of put Slovenia on his heels. And at that point, they really they really couldn't do anything. So, um, yeah, that, that to me was a, a, a great sign for, for, for Canada and a great sign for Knicks fans to see RJ really take charge the way he did. Yeah, and again, these are games you know uh, that that can build confidence. That that can show you you can be a second best player in a big game, a third best player in a big game. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned, or uh, maybe concerns not the right word, but you know, there there are reasons people have differing and differing opinions on Barrett's upside, his ceiling, you know, things along those nature. Um, it's the it's games like this. It's the ten game stretch in the postseason that really give you confidence um, that he can kind of be um, that type of player, that all star type player. Again, the most important thing for Barrett, we need to see it consistently. Um, will he back up a solid game with an, with with another solid game on Friday? Um, and as we'll talk about, if if Canada wins Friday and USA takes care of business on Friday, we have a championship match Sunday between USA and Canada, which I'm sure we're all looking forward to. 
Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing that matchup potentially. And Canada, it, it's funny, we had that whole controversy, which we didn't really get into last week, but the, the, you get the sprinter in the U.S. saying, oh, you know, how is it, you know, how are NBA champions considered world champions when they only play in America? It's like, well, I, I don't think it was that big a deal. People were going crazy about it. But it is interesting that we could have, you know, Canada versus the U.S., the countries that have the most players in the NBA <laughs> playing in the World Cup. I think that maybe would give credence to the fact that the NBA champions maybe would deservingly be called world champions. But, yeah, I mean, again, I like what I've seen from Barrett. I know he's been up and down. I know the jump shot. It's gone a little south the last few games. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball great. He only shot one six from three today. He didn't shoot the three ball great the previous uh, game. But overall, he's shooting 37% from three for the tournament, which is really exactly what you would want uh, from him. If he can carry that over to his next season, you would sign up for that immediately. So uh, encouraging signs for Barrett for sure. And we'll see what they do against Serbia, uh, a team that is well coached, a team that is uh, very uh, – they don't have the star power they normally have, of course, with no Jokic, but uh, still a dangerous team. It will be a tough matchup for Canada. Yeah, uh, listen, you don't get to the uh, the semis uh, of FIBA without, you know, being a really quality team, well-coached team, fundamentally sound, backdoor cuts. And it's, you know, again, at this stage of the game, and we've seen it time and time again, we saw when Lithuania beat the United States, it's not necessarily about talent. It's about, uh, you know, chemistry. Uh, you know, knowing a guy's tendencies, knowing when a guy's going to cut back door, et cetera, things on those lines that you get familiarity with that teams like Team Canada and Team USA, who are littered with NBA players, great NBA players, but have spent, you know, have had six yeah. practices together um, where some of these other guys have been playing together for, you know, 15 years. Yeah, RJ could end up being matched up with uh, Bogdan Bardanovich, a guy he's yes. extremely familiar with, <laughs> between all those matchups between the Hawks and the Knicks. So that should be a fun one to go to uh, Jovic. Not Jokic, but Jovic of the Miami Heat also playing for uh, Serbia. And uh, Philip Petrusev, a uh, former Gonzaga player, and now on the Sixers this year also for uh, Serbia. Yeah, Jovic is a guy you definitely want to keep your eye on. He's the guy that's been kind of rumored to be dangled in that Miami Heat Damon Lillard trade. Um, he's yep. boosted his stock. He's played really well. Um, unfortunately, that that Canada game on Friday is at 4.40 a.m., uh, yeah. 4.20, something like that. Um, so, uh, you know, but you, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, where if you happen to be awake, um, you can catch it. Um, fortunately the USA game is at 8 40 AM on Friday. Yeah. So if us wheel easier, if you want to get up for the Canada game, definitely make sure you set that alarm clock or if you wake up later, then maybe you're going to have to just like avoid internet and watch it. If you have ESPN plus, cause they do a pretty good job. I was able to watch this Canada game do, uh, shortly yeah. after it was over. Uh, in, in totality uh, today before we yep. did this podcast. So that was good for that. So uh, Canada advances. Meanwhile, uh, after being upset in the second round of the FIBA World Cup by Rokas Jakobaitis and the Lithuanians, the Americans bounced back to route Italy in the quarterfinals. The Americans were led by uh, Mikhail Bridges, who exploded for 24 points in the U.S.'s 100-63 to 63 win over the Italians. Jalen Brunson started at the point. He had eight points on three of six shooting in this game. Josh Hart also started he had five points and five rebounds in this one so the u.s win they now go on to face germany in the semifinals the german team uh that gave them problems in that, that final exhibition game people remember and the whole hoopla about jalen brunson should he be starting should it be more tyrese halberd halberd uh played great in this one against italy as well I think he had 16 points he was the second lead scorer for the u.s in this game um Going back, though, to the weekend in, in the game we saw against Lithuania, because we previewed that game and, and the, the, the interest in seeing Rokas Jakobaitis uh, play against the Americans. Uh, how impressed were you 
A, to see the U.S. bounce back, but B, even talking about just what we saw from Lithuania and from Rokas, how impressed you with him and his performance in leading uh, Lithuania to a win. Yeah, I was, uh, undeniably. Um, I, I, he's one of those, it's one of those situations where, you know, he doesn't jump off the screen. You know, he's not, you know, flying over dudes. He doesn't have a beautiful, you know, outside yeah. jumper where he's going to, you know, you can see him envision him as a, you know, 20 point score in the NBA. But at the same time, it's really impressive that one, he's the youngest player on the Lithuanian national team. And he's the, he's basically, if you, if you hear the comments from the coach and the players um, sort of respected as one of their true leaders um, and certainly yes. the forge starting point guard. And that says a lot about, um, you know, what, what kind of, uh, you know, player, what type of personality he has. Um, and that's where you can envision him, um, you know, as a rotation player in the NBA. Um, you know, again, you know, some fans may not want to hear that. Oh, we can be a superstar, you know, yada, 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 give him a right. chance. Um, but listen, if we're being honest, finding valuable rotation players is a key part of any front office, of, of any team, of any franchise, um, you know, and, and to find a guy that's capable of giving you, you know, 18 to 24 solid minutes off the bench as a reliable, consistent um, you know, a point guard that can take care of the basketball, facilitate the offense, not be abused defensively, push the pace when need be, um, play with energy, play with spirit, be a good teammate. Those are characteristics and qualities that are not easy to find. Um, you know, just look at the list of point guards the Knicks have had. Some of them are draft, you know, ha have, you know, lottery talent level uh, abilities, um, but you can't put it all together, uh, you know, from on on the, from game to game to game basis, preparation, et cetera. Um, a guy that is comfortable in his role, that understands his role, um, is, 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 is worth mentioning, is worth keeping an eye on. Um, and somebody that, you know, and, and something that people um, on Twitter have noted, this does this potentially give the Knicks some leverage in their conversations with Emmanuel quickly. Um, again, yes. not to say that, uh, you know, Jokobitis, you know, is going to replace IQ in terms of, you know, scoring 15 points a night and assists and the rebounds, et cetera. But listen, you know, IQ, we love you. Um, but if you want a hundred, you know, $10 million, we have another guy that's capable of coming in next season, you know, for a fraction of what it would cost you literally, you know, 10% of what, what it would cost you on a rookie scale contract that would be happy to play, you know, 22 minutes off the bench, 18 minutes off the bench behind Brunson as he kind of works his way uh, into the NBA. So that, that, that is one um, undeniable positive, whether he's not going to come over this season. Again, the Knicks backcourt is stopped yeah. um, barring a trade, you know, of Emmanuel quickly, even then, you know, he's, you know, he said he's committed to Barcelona, um, but should, should a situation arise, where, you know, the Knicks don't agree to a contract extension and he's an undrafted free agent, uh, sorry, a restricted free agent following this season, something at least the Knicks can hint at during negotiations with IQ and his agent. Yeah, I think it's something Knicks fans may feel more comfortable with if there is a scenario where IQ decides to go elsewhere. Or as I've mentioned before, if there's a scenario where the Knicks end up do making this massive coup of a trade where they, they get a, a right. big superstar and IQ has to be included in the deal to make it work. Now you have a player who uh, has shown to be a real player. I mean, I think that's fair to say with Rokas Jacobitis. I don't know how great he'll be, but I mean, look, he went up against the Americans. The first possession you see, they got Mikhail Bridges picking him up full court. That enough, that showed me enough to say, okay, this team highly respects what yes. Jacobitis can do. I thought that was a major sign of respect is that the that fact that they have put bridges on him and had bridges on him whenever he was in the game. There was some chatter that there was going to be kind of a, a, a Jordan Pippen on Tony Kukoc type uh, attack. Yeah. 
it wasn't quite that. But again, if you put and and, and Bridget has been awesome, by the way. Um, we probably haven't talked enough about it, but he's been, in, in my opinion, the best two-way consistent player mm-hmm. uh, on Team USA throughout this tournament. But you're 100 right. Uh, it's a great point. A, a sure sign of respect from Kerr and Bridges and the rest of Team USA coaching staff that they stick uh, Bridges on on, on Jokobitis to start the game. Yeah, and and Jokobitis, you know, more than held his own. I mean, again, yes. he, he orchestrated the offense, ran the offense well, uh, kept his turnovers down, uh, shot a good percentage, scored the ball when he had to, and led his team to a, a massive win over a team that had way more talent, uh, playing the point guard, playing the floor general role. So. Uh, now, look, Lithuania making essentially every three they took uh, had a large thing to do with why they were able to win this game. But you got to give Jokovic credit. I think if you're a Knicks fan, you got to feel uh, definitely at the very least intrigued by what the Knicks may have in him whenever he eventually decides to come over. Uh, six games that Lithuania has played in this tournament. Jokovic is 10 of 16 from three-point territory, 62.5%. I mean, listen, these are pressure-packed games. A lot of yep. them are open threes. He's, he's you know, because he's, he's not known as a, a respected shooter, and, and Lithuania is a ton of good – great three point uh three point shooter so he's got open looks but again his he's slashing um 52.8% from the floor uh, as i mentioned 62.5% from three and 91.7% from the free throw line those are great efficient numbers uh in pressure packed you know uh, important games he leads lithuania minutes played um yeah. uh, with nearly 150 minutes played again a sign of respect and trust from his teammates and coaches etc um it's hard to walk away from this tournament by the way lithuania does have one game as like the seventh eighth place game yes um, and, and i believe that's tomorrow um yes Thursday. it is tomorrow yeah so we'll get we'll get one more game from from Lithi, uh from lithuania to see what uh Rokas can do in that context when we look at the Americans, you mentioned, again, Mikael Bridges was fantastic in this one. He's been uh, fantastic for much of this tournament. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I, I, in some ways, I feel, and this is why this matchup with Germany is going to be interesting, because it feels like he's played well, but it, it's been a, a different Jalen Brunson. Like, it hasn't been necessarily the guy who is getting downhill, looking for his shot consistently. Like, he's ha- he's been forced to play more of a distributor role, and in some ways, it's kind of minimized his role. And when I watched the Lithuania game, and you know, I saw the way that game unfolded. It was so much Anthony Edwards, you know, and Anthony Edwards is probably the best all around scorer that the team has. But do you feel like Brunson should be more featured in the offense as a scorer? And is he being maybe too unselfish? Yeah, the issue is, uh, you know, as we saw with Slovenia losing, despite you know, Doncic averaging you know, 25 points, it's it penalizes to a large extent one on one play. Um, the mm. teams that tend to have the most success have greater ball movement, um, execution, yeah. uh, fluidity. Um, the, when the ball gets a little bit sticky, um, and credit to Anthony Edwards, he scored, you know, what is it, 35 uh, in the yeah, loss to Lithuania, yeah. um, three away from Kevin Durant's all time USA record of 38. Um, he passed a lot more. He, you know, he saw defenses shifting over, um, and to his credit, was a was a much better distributor. Um, Bridges was knocking down open threes, and and you know, and the, and the rest of the guys, obviously Reeves and Ingram, chipped in off the bench. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you rely too much on one player, too much one on one, it's different from the NBA playoffs in that respect. Um, it, it's more it, it's more difficult for a player to have a great amount of success. Um, especially the way the fouls are called, the way defenses can kind of strangle, uh, you know, high post, low post moves. Again, Brunson's still doing his thing. He's going to get plenty of opportunities to do so. Um, but the USA is at their best when they're a lot of ball movement, kicking out to wide open shooters for three pointers, pushing the pace, 
Um, whereas Brunson is at his best in the NBA half court setting. Think yeah. game five against Miami, game six against Miami, when it's 88, 92, 95, 97. Um, and there's a lot of half court offense. You want to slow the game down, et cetera. It's 12 minute quarters, both 10 minute quarters. The USA's advantage is their athleticism, their speed. Um, and you only have 40 minutes to kind of, uh, you know, take advantage of that, of, of those, of those physical attributes. So, you know, you're not necessarily benefiting from a guy like Brunson. We all know he can get points at will. Um, but it's not necessarily the most efficient points for Team USA. Yeah, and the way teams being more physical with ball handlers as well, that, that yeah. makes it harder for guys to to dominate a game one-on-one and does, as you said, get the ball to be a little more sticky. So how do the Americans match up with Germany coming up here? Like I said, they, this, was the, this was the big scare game before they actually lost the game against Lithuania. But uh, Germany, they seem to have, I guess, got past whatever happened with Dennis Schroeder and the coach. So those guys were going at it. I don't thought yeah. that was going to be a bad problem, but they, they're still in the tournament. They won their last game, and now they're going to be facing the Americans in the semis. They're probably coming with a little confidence, considering they had a double-digit lead and it looked like they were on their way to a win before uh, basically the Anthony Edwards show ensued and, and, and Team USA was able to steal one in the exhibition. How do the Americans stack up with the Germans? Yeah, so uh, the... The issue with the Montenegro, again, they were down at the second half of that Montenegro game, the game mm-hmm. prior to the Lithuania game and the Lithuania game was you United States getting absolutely devastated and dominated on the backboards. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of that has to do with Jaron Jackson's inability to stay out of foul trouble. Two fouls in the first three minutes against Valanciunas against in that Lithuania loss and it yeah. inexplicably picked up two quick fouls in the first four minutes um, in, in, in the USA blowout win earlier this week. Um, and, but, but again, a lot of it had to do with the personnel. So Montenegro, Usovic at center, uh, Lithuania, Valanciunas, the starting center. They also start three other, two other guys, six, nine or, or, or taller, whereas Italy is a perimeter based team and USA, yeah. uh, as expected, as hoped dominated the glass, you know, the, you know, they were, I think it was plus 18 on the, on the rebound battle, rebound advantage. Um, so those are the things that, that, you know, fortunately, Germany's more like Italy as opposed to Lithuania or Montenegro. Um, Dennis Schroeder, uh, we know about him at the point guard, and their other two kind of anchors are the um, Wagner brothers, uh, Mo yep. Wagner and, and Franz Wagner. Really important to note, Franz came back um, for their most recent win uh, against Latvia, um, where Bertans missed the three-pointer at the buzzer. Um, that could have sent Latvia past Germany and, and, and into playing the U.S., um, but uh, he was out, uh, missed five games with an ankle injury, returned on Tuesday for that contest um, that 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 Germany won by two points to advance yeah. um, to uh, to Friday's uh, semifinal against the United States. Um, for those that haven't, you know, that 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 are not all that familiar, Wagner's really one of those rising stars down in Orlando. Um, yeah. Really enjoy his game. Uh, great player. Spent one year in Michigan. Um, and I, I think he has a really high upside in the NBA. So um, he's only going to be healthier. So, you know, it looks like he came out of that game without any setbacks in terms of the ankle injury. Um, so, again, there's, there's you know, Daniel Tice. They've got some NBA experience. Um, but, you know, they don't have a guy that averages over six rebounds. So it's not like they're going to put, um, you know, uh, Wagner tends to play more in the perimeter. Mo, Bra- Mo Wagner can, 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 you know, obviously board and bound. And, and he's a little bit more yeah. bruiser. Um, but yeah, listen, they have playmakers, they have talented team. Um, you know, the, the one good thing about the Lithuania loss was it came prior to the knockout stage. I think it kind of lit a fire under America's butt and, uh, you know, and, and said, listen, you know, we can't just roll the ball out there and, and, and win comfortably. Um, obviously the blowout game against victory, hope they, uh, the game against blowout victory over Italy 
they hope they kind of keep yep. that same energy and enthusiasm. I think they're only favored by nine, which surprised me because um, they were favored by 17 uh, against Italy. But, um, you know, make no mistake, the, you know, they, they can compete, but the United States is, is far superior in terms of talent um, and, and, and should be able to knock off the Germans. Yeah, I, th- I agree. The Americans, I think, are, you know, it was it was kind of interesting how, you know, again, the, the size and the three-point shooting for Lithuania is what, you know, bothers the Americans in the loss. And Germany, a different team, where it seemed with them, uh, it was the Americans' inability really to guard. And some of that was on Brunson. It was his, you know, the guards for Germany, especially Schroeder, were being extremely aggressive getting downhill. And that's why I think for a lot of this game, it is going to be on Brunson to kind of answer the challenge. Yeah. Like, he's going to start again. Um, and they're going to throw him out there again. But I expect Germany to attack him just like they did in the exhibition. Yep. And I could defend Jalen as much as I normally do. But he's going to have to really hold his own on the defensive end and kind of uh, send a statement and send a message that he's not going to be someone that can be picked on. And the entire U.S. team on the perimeter is going to have to really guard up because the Germans are going to get into the paint and they're going to try to spray it out. That's going to be how they're going to play. And if they get paint touches, that's where they can get hurt. Um and, and they also do a really good job, I thought, especially watching the exhibition game of of getting switches on to Mo Wagner, getting small guys on him, and he ended up playing a pretty good game. They can't afford that to happen as well. They got to keep him in check. So I think it will be a competitive game. I think the Germans have have really developed a really solid basketball program. I mean, I remember watching the Olympics, you know, way back in the day, which is Dirk and a bunch of dudes, you know, guys who clearly were not, you know, pro level type guys, and they would kind of get smacked around and. This is a different era of German basketball. So definitely should be a fun game uh, coming up on Friday. Will you do you think we get the U.S. Canada final matchup? That is it to me. It looks like almost a collision course. You got Canada on one side. They have a tough match against Serbia. You got uh, you got a uh, U.S. against Germany. Do you think we get that uh, Sunday showdown between the U.S. and Canada? Uh, I do. One quick thing on the U.S. Germany match. Um if Brunson cannot stay in front of Shooter, Steve Kerr will not hesitate to yank Brunson oh, out yeah. and Halliburton in. We've showed oh, yeah. Halliburton's been fantastic in this tournament, um, a better defensive player than Brunson. Um, so yep. he will, you know, uh, Kerr will not hesitate to do that. To directly answer your question, I think U.S. beats Germany. That Canada-Serbia game is going to be really tough, competitive. Um, but I just think, you know, Canada's just, you know, playing too well right now. Uh, SGA and Barrett, we've talked about a bunch. Um, Dylan Brooks or Villain Brooks, as he uh, you know, is, <laughs> is, is, is uh, earning his reputation again. Um, got a technical um, and got ejected in the uh, the, the uh, match against Slovenia today. Um, he's been he's been great. Lou Dort's a, a tremendous defender. Uh, Dwight yes, Powell um, gives him some size up front. Obviously, Kelly Olynyk, their veteran. Um, you know, they're just. I think they're just kind of their their confidence is surging. Um, you know, listen, Serbia can get hot. Uh, I wouldn't. Nobody would be surprised if Bogdanovic hits seven threes and you know yeah. scores twenty eight points. Um, they got a bunch of other shooters. Jovic has been playing really well, um, so that should be a great game as well. But you know, Vegas has USA around ten point favorite and, and Canada around six. Um, so the odds are um, that we get that uh, showdown between Josh Hart and Barrett and and, uh, and and Brunson and SGA and and, and all that fun stuff um, to to kick off what would be an incredible Sunday sports day. I was looking at it yesterday. We could have if everything you know. If, if, if USA beats Canada, if yeah. USA wins and Canada wins on Friday, they'll play each other Sunday. That's 8.40 a.m. That'll take you into the 1 o'clock kickoff of all the NFL, full slate of NFL games. Then we got the go. 4 o'clock NFL games. In addition to uh, the U.S. Open men's final at 4, 
could be Jokic. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, and it's, it looks like, you know, you talk about a collision course. Al- Alcaraz and, and Djokovic seem to be on a collision course there. Yeah. And, as a, and then as a uh, cherry on top of the Sunday, you got Sunday night football, uh, Cowboys versus Giants. So it could be a all-time um, kiss your wife goodbye in the morning kind of Sunday sports. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll see a lot of people just parked out on the couch. Tommy's just parked out yes. on the couch just watching – Sports nonstop. I mean, we'll see at that point whether or not his lines are actually won on Thursday. So will he be a sad Tommy or a happy Tommy? I don't know. But, yeah, that's definitely going to be an epic Sunday, potentially, if you do get that uh, U.S.-Canada game added to that already epic Sunday slate. So, um, like I've said, uh, we've had the pleasure every week uh, since last December of doing this show, um, talking about Knicks basketball. And we are blessed to be approaching our 100th episode of orange and blue bloods and in thinking of ways to celebrate and i thought about various ways we could do it to me i think the best way for us to be who we are as knicks fans and who we are as nick uh commentators is to celebrate the history of the team which is something me and tommy talk about a bunch on this show so in our next recording which is going to be monday um so that i'll figure out the podcast comes out on monday or tuesday but we will be recording the episode on monday tommy and i will do battle we will put our GM hats on and we will do the first ever Knicks all-time fantasy draft on Orange and Blue Bloods. And you, the listener, will be a part of this show because once the draft is complete and the rosters are put out, we will have you decide who put together the best roster. We'll put it together out of poll. Um, again, we'll figure out what the poll will be. Will it be on the WFEN Twitter or maybe one of our Twitters? We'll figure it out. But We'll put out a poll. You'll see the rosters, and you guys will decide who had the better roster between me and Tommy when we do uh, this Knicks all-time fantasy draft. Again, that will be recorded on Monday. So uh, the way this will work is we will draft players. We're thinking of Knicks players that, you know, guys at their peaks. So we're not talking about, oh, you got Patrick Union 99. Like you're saying, you got Patrick Union 1992 or 93. Okay, you got Camille Anthony in 2013, or you got – Jalen Brunson in 2023 or whatever. Like every Nick player we're drafting in this will be, we'll be talking about them at their peak. And Tommy and I will do a draft and we'll have a, a pseudo uh, fantasy matchup. And you guys will decide who will be the winner of that. So Tommy, how excited are you for this draft that we'll be doing on Monday? So how do we determine who gets the first pick? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I think we're going to do a coin flip. Okay. I think we'll do a coin flip. And I think what will happen is for the first three picks, we'll do a snake style. So okay. we'll have a coin flip. Someone will get the first pick, and the next person will get the next two picks, and then ah, we'll just alternate from there. So it keeps it kind of even from that standpoint. Okay. So 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 we'll keep it fair, and we'll do a coin flip to get see who gets the first pick. But uh, but it should be. I think it should be good. I, I'm very curious how Tommy will end up crafting his team. Um, he's he's no. We both are historians of this franchise, but he's watched a little more than I do. I have, so I wonder if he'll be more inclined to go for some guys when the older back in the day or maybe you'll be inclined because the way the games play today to kind of look for guys who have played recently but either way it should be a, a fun exercise nonetheless yes absolutely um it'll be interesting to kind of combine and uh you know guys from the 60s with guys from the 90s <laughs> guys from, yeah. from the current day knicks and um will be we should make for an interesting conversation if nothing else i'm sure of course, Jimmy here says uh, EJ is trying to get uh, Tommy draft strategy. <laughs> <in his> show. <laughs> Look, I'm always trying to get answers. Okay, it's just like Bill Belichick. <laughs> you know, it's you always get, any little edge is all I need. 
No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, I you know I'm a big video game player, so uh, I love playing 2K, playing the old matchups with the older Knicks teams or the all time Knicks teams. So us doing this, I think, will be fun. And it's just been a fun ride to doing this podcast. I mean, uh, we've had several great moments. I was joking actually uh, hosting on WFAN over the weekend. I joked how like we started this podcast and the Knicks actually started winning. Like they, it, it looks very, very bleak when we started this show. I didn't know how the season was going to go. And then the Knicks ended up having a really you know great finish to the season. And we're one of the better teams in the NBA for pretty much the time we've recorded the podcast. A lot of great moments. Any any particular moments stand out to you in terms of episodes we've done so far? Man, I would just say getting to know getting to know you, EJ, um, getting oh, to know our, our, our producer, JJ, um, you know, in this kind of 2023 post-pandemic, you know, internet world, um, you know, there's different ways to get to know people. And we still all haven't been in the same room together. I know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to change that sometime soon, go grab a beer somewhere. Um, but yeah, just getting to know good people and um, you know, interactions with people that listen and watch um is uh you know the Knicks the Knicks community is 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 awesome um something that I've learned um in my time covering the team um you know just at random barbecues and you know it's just one of those things where where people can bond over you know if you don't have anything else in common um you know if you've been a Knicks fan for 15 20 years especially this century when there's very little (laughs) to cheer about um I think it says a lot about your quality as a person as a human being um, your loyalty. I always joke, you know, if you ladies out there, if you find a Nick fan that's been loyal to his team, he's going to be loyal to you. Um, <laughs> Touche. If, absolutely. If he, if he can put up with that, um, you know, that's, that's a dude that um, you can rely on, I think when, when things go rough. So that's, that's been fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's like, you know, I've followed Tommy's work for a long time. He's done fantastic work and to be able to sit here and talk Nick's basketball with, in my opinion, as I've said a bunch of times on this show, or I've said a bunch every time I do a WFS show, one of the best NBA writers in the business. Uh, that is an absolute thrill, and I, I enjoy it every time I do it. So just doing this show with Tommy, and as you mentioned, getting to know our producer James, who's uh, fantastic as well. Uh, that's been a thrill. These episodes being able to do, I mean, I'm thinking about the, the episode Nick's advanced in the second round of the playoffs and how exciting that was, and uh, some of our preview episodes of those uh, series, talking to – Cavs uh, media talking to Miami Heat media that's been fun as well and, and even some of the dark times like I, yeah. if you talk about Franz Wagner I'm remembering that uh that Orlando game when Julius Randle was going at uh quickly and I basically said that he got his ass kicked by Paolo Pancaro probably the more most animated I've been on this show ironically it was like a very small blip in the next season but that's that to me shows you how authentic this show is like that's the passion Nick fans bring to this team like I'm a Knicks fan so Yes, a, a random game in February where Randall isn't giving effort and he's blowing up at IQ has me going crazy. But that's that's what New York is. That's what uh, New York Knicks basketball is. That's what the fan base is all about. So I, when I crafted this uh, thought for, for this show and I, I, I reached out to Tommy, I wanted this to be a show uh, in some ways by the fans and for the fans to some degree. And I think that we've been able to deliver on that. And people have been able to reach out to us and, and say, hey, you know, I love the show. Again, I went to. Uh, Nick's playoff game and people saying they're listening to the show on the way to the garden. I mean, uh, that to me, I, I could retire and be like, you know what? Like I had people listening to a, a Nick's podcast on their way to see a Nick's playoff game, a must win game. Um, that's as good as it gets. So this Amen. has been an absolute thrill ride for me, man. Amen. Couldn't have said it any better. EJ, it's been a pleasure and an honor, my friend. Let's go. So we got a hundredth episode coming up. 
hundred more coming after that. And we'll be doing this as long as we can, but we enjoy each and every one of you for listening to, uh, for subscribing, for hitting us up and for supporting the podcast. Um, but make sure you check it out again. Monday, we'll be recording the 100th episode of orange and blue blood. So that'll be a very special one. That's going to do it for this edition, this 99th edition of orange and blue blood. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on the, on the, um, on wherever your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the, uh, uh, download feature on your streaming service. Get these episodes every time you drop. And be sure to also check us out on YouTube. Again, you can watch full videos of this, uh, of this podcast and the shorts of this podcast on the WFN channel. That's going to do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Tommy, I'm EJ. Thank you guys. Peace.